everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding national liberal arts college. In this 25th edition of the 1853 podcast of the 2020-2021 school year, we'll hear what members of Monmouth's class of 2020 have been doing since they graduated from this grand old college and the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics Nate Beliva will join us to provide an update on spring athletics at Monmouth. During a pandemic, members of Mama's most recent graduating class have found success. 98% of the members of the class of 2020 are either working or in graduate or professional school, according to results of the college's annual first destination survey. Within six months of graduation from Monmouth, about four-fifths of the class of 2020 reported being employed. The other fifth reported that they were either in graduate or professional school. In other words, Monmouth graduates continue to show a lot of grit and success in the job market. The person responsible for gathering information about the First Destination Survey is Marnie Dugan. She is the director of the Wackerly Center for Careers, Leadership, and fellowships. Marnie says the accomplishments of the class of 2020 are nothing short of impressive. Generally speaking, our, our class of 2020 results, um, you know, remain pretty strong. Our, our students are, you know, it, it appears still even in a, a difficult time um, finding opportunities for um, both in employment and graduate school. So, yeah, so for the class of 2020, our career outcomes percentage was 98%, which means 98% of those um, graduates for which we had knowledge of were either employed or in graduate school. Um, you know, six months after graduation, and that breakdown included 81% indicating they were employed while 19% were in graduate school. And Marnie says that among those members of the class of 2020 who entered the workforce, they were making more money. Was that our um, mean starting salary did tick up a little bit this year. So it um, was up over the 46000 range. And that um, in comparison to what um, the mean starting salary was for schools of our size um, was higher. So, you know, being able to kind of trend above what that um, range was was for schools small and, you know, similar in size to Monmouth, less than 2,000 students. Um, I think that's a, a good gauge, you know, and on our end, and I'm, I'm pleased to, to see that number increase. A big reason so many Scots have been successful is because of the strong network of Scots alumni and friends out in the work world. It also helps to be a little flexible during challenging times. That um, while things are are challenging, I think that one of the the um, one of the important pieces, I think, and, and we really emphasized with the class of, of 2020 as we have over the years is um, the opportunity to um, utilize your, your network to, to grow your network. I think that um, that benefited a lot of students. Um, the ability to engage with our alumni network, I think, was helpful uh, to a lot of students and the opportunity to, um, you know, keep an open mind. Things may not have looked exactly like 
they intended, or it may not have been, you know, their their first job as they envisioned. Um, but to have some ability to, you know, kind of pivot and be adaptable, and you know, adjust your search for um, the environment, um, looking at, you know, the the um, you know, the trends and in which industries were hiring and, and adjusting in that way. I think our students adapted um, in some ways, um, you know, to what was happening around them. Marnie says that among members of the Monmouth class of 2020 who replied to the survey, a lot of them reported having very good internships when they were students at Monmouth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we did still have a, a significant percent of those responded. Those that responded did have um, quality internship experiences. Um, however, we were a little disappointed. Our response rate on the, the internships um, question was a little lower, so we didn't have as much knowledge um, as we have in the past with regard to, you know, the total number of students and their internship experience. Um, you know, part of that, I believe, was due to the fact that that we left campus so early last spring and had a little more limited opportunity to, um, you know, connect with students through our uh, Senior Salute, um, which is a, a, a location where we usually collect a lot of that internship information um, during the, the Senior Salute time. Marnie says in some ways the pandemic helps students prepared to succeed in uncertain times. I think that um, in some ways, you know, hopefully it, it helped prepare them um, to respond and react and, and you know, uh, navigating things in a difficult environment. You're listening to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. We're chatting with Marnie Dugan. She's the director of the Wackerly Center for Careers, Leadership, and fellowships. The Wackerly Center is unique among liberal arts colleges because it was founded way back in the 1990s, which made Monmouth one of the first liberal arts colleges to staff a career center. As Marnie points out, Monmouth's Wackerly Center serves students in multiple ways. We do just a, a little bit of everything in the Wackerly Center from, of course, the things that you would expect in helping students prepare their application materials, their resumes, their cover letters, their personal statements for graduate school, um, you know, to assisting them in the job search process, um, assisting them with that networking, you know, those networking opportunities. As I mentioned, I think at a small school um, like Monmouth, we have the ability to really personalize things. Um, we have the ability to look um, and seek out alums in different locations to be able to connect students. You know, I recently had a student that, you know, is a, a applying to a position in Oregon and, you know, you reach out to the alumni office. Do we have any alums in, in Oregon? And so having the ability to really um, kind of drill down, if you will, and try to find those opportunities. That's not that doesn't always lead a student directly to a job or an internship. But what it what it does is lead them to um, a, a broadened or an expanded network um, and gives them those opportunities to kind of learn and grow from what um, alumni know about maybe a geographic location or a particular career field that they are working in, and so they are able to kind of share that expertise. Um, I think the the opportunity to work one on one with 
with students, to really get to know students. Um, you know, we do a lot of work with our pre-professional students, our pre-law students, our pre-med students. Um, I, you know, I spent a lot of time helping our pre-med students prep for um, med school interviews. And, you know, so a lot of, a lot of the work we do is, you know, it may sound kind of simple, but it's helping students be the best version of themselves, helping them um, build their confidence, helping them recognize and understand the the work that they've done, um, what they've accomplished, both in and out of the classroom, and how all of those things come together to, to be able to kind of tell the story of who they are and why they, um, you know, are a strong candidate for whether it be a job or uh, their graduate or professional school application. And the Wackerly Center and its services are available to Mama's students from the moment they step foot on campus. We work hard to, to try to um, engage with students in, in their first year at Monmouth. Um, you know, that was a, a little different this year and a, a bit more challenging. Um, but yeah, you know, we try to work through the ILA um, course, that intro to liberal arts class, and work with the ILA mentors to really connect with the first year students during their um, first, ultimately during their first semester on campus is when we would like to engage with them so that they know who we are and what we do. Um, we also assist with major exploration and the earlier a student has the opportunity to really kind of tie their academic goals and their career goals together, um, you know, the better, better direction that, that we can, you know, assist system and in, in providing, um, you know, uh, direction for those experiences for which they may want to, to seek out to, to help them um, in the long run. That's Marnie Dugan. She's director of the Wackerly Center for Careers, Leadership, and Fellowships. She's a big reason why 98% of the members of the class of 2020 who responded to the first destination survey reported either having a job or being in graduate or professional school. You can read more about the first destination survey in the news and events section of the Monmouth College website. That's monmouthcollege.edu news. This is the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. It's been great to have Monmouth Athletics back in intercollegiate action since early March. Monmouth Sports Information Director Nate Beliva is the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics. That means he's the guy who covers and reports about all of the games, matches, and meets. Of course, your official home on the World Wide Web to read about all things Fighting Scots related is MonmouthScots.com. That's the website. Nate oversees. Nate says that men's lacrosse will get a very busy weekend underway for Monmouth Athletics. So men's lacrosse gets our weekend started on uh, Friday night there at Earlham over in Richmond, Indiana. Uh, Friday night, so that'll be the men's lacrosse going for their second win in a row. This is their only non-conference game of the season. Um, and then Saturday we're home with women's lacrosse first at noon against Augsburg. Uh, softball will play Illinois College at one, which is a conference opponent, but it's a non-conference doubleheader. Uh, the first time we play uh, each conference opponent this year in the, uh, the, the, the four that are close to us um, in the Southern Division, if you will, it'll it'll not count in the conference standings. So uh, this will be the first one of those against Illinois College. And then uh, golf gets going. Men's golf gets going on Sunday. They'll be at both golf teams, men's and women's, will be at Knox. This will be the first competition for the men's side. Uh, the women's golf uh, competed last week 
at Illinois College, and uh, we had a, a tie for 16th on the individual side. Um, and the men's golf will get going at Knox, and they'll be at Iowa Wesley in midweek. Um, so kind of an every other day thing for them to get going uh, th- this first week of, uh, of competition. And men's tennis played last weekend over in Iowa, but now they're off until conference gets going in, in the middle of April. Speaking of men's lacrosse, they notched their first win of the season on March 20th with an impressive 10-6 home win over Northland College, which was played at April Zorn Memorial Stadium. Yeah, men's lacrosse got a, got a great start here at home uh, last Saturday. They got 10 goals. Kane Donahue scored five of them, which was fantastic, and uh, got got into the action there. And then uh, Nick Thomas was the conference defensive player of the week. He uh, led the team in cost turnovers with six, which was uh, tied for his career high. He also had four ground balls uh, mixed in there as well. So he, uh, he was the Midwest Lacrosse Conference defensive player of the week and uh, the first honoree since uh, the second week of the season last year when Gordon Keesgan uh, is a freshman uh, got that award for us last year so uh, great start for them getting getting the uh, performance going they were down uh, early and uh, and came back and dominated the third quarter so whatever coach Kleiber had to say at halftime uh, was the uh, was the magic potion because they dominated the third quarter took over and uh, never looked back and on the women's side, Monmouth records are being set in lacrosse. Yeah, Olivia Matlock uh, set a record in that first uh, first game of the year with 21 saves, uh, which was a school record. And uh, hopefully she'll be ready to go this weekend and see if she can uh, add on to that tally and, and keep her goals going. After the first week, she was number one in the uh, the country in, in saves per game. And, and we've only played once since then. Uh, so a few others have, uh, have passed her that have had more competitions. But a uh, fantastic start for her for the year. And and uh, hopefully they can go out there and knock off Augsburg in, in conference competition this weekend. Softball coach Alexa McClurry hopes to have her first win as a Monmouth coach soon. Nate says the first year Scott's coach is working with a lot of new pieces in 2021. Yeah, softball's uh, really trying to trying to get something going. They've got so many new players. There's 11 new players. There's a couple of transfers. Two came uh, with Coach McClurry from McMurray, uh, and then a third transfer in as well from uh, Grant Community, and then uh, a bunch of freshmen, and uh, and kind of integrating the new players uh, with the with the veteran players and with everything. COVID-wise, that was not easy because fall ball was small groups. It wasn't full team practice. Um, even at the start of spring practice, it was uh, small groups still there too. So you weren't doing a full team workout. Plus the weather was not good. So they weren't outside doing uh, you know full batting practice and full infield and, and all that uh, fundamental work. And the thing that I think people take for granted, especially those that have played sports their whole lives, um, you don't get that team bonding that you know that they usually get you don't get the team dinners you don't get the uh, the, the going out to events and, uh, you know, going to things, whether it's on campus or off campus together as a team or hanging out at somebody's house and, you know, watching movies or watching TV or, or playing video games or, you know, whatever it might be that teams have done for hundreds of years. Um, we don't get that right now. Uh, just like just like the rest of us don't get it in regular society. The teams don't get it either. So that's a little bit tougher when you've got a new coach, a bunch of new players uh, or a team in, in some systems 
some there's some sports with a new system that is getting integrated, um, you know, at, at any level. That just takes a while right now. So that that's where it is with, with softball. But Coach McClory is kind of uh, putting that all in. She's trying to find the pieces. The other thing, too, with baseball and softball, this is usually has been where the spring break trip comes. That's obviously a ton of bonding when you're together for seven to ten days in Florida and, and on a trip and you're playing non-conference games so you can experiment with lineups or positions. Baseball and softball didn't get to do that. Um, so softball just had a, a, a 17-day break. Baseball's on a 21-day break before conference starts. And it gives those coaches times to move players around in the lineup. Uh, I know they're they're playing some simulated games and they're playing exhibitions against each other, you know, and, and those kinds of things. So they can put people in different positions defensively, different spots in the lineup, see what works, see what doesn't work. Those are things that usually happen on a spring break trip. That didn't happen in 2021, so it's happening now on a, on a two-week break between non-conference and conference play. Alan Baterni's Scott's baseball team got their first win in their third game of the season. And it was a special first win. Yeah, baseball, uh, you know, had a had a good start at home and uh, and got Addison Fletcher his first uh, win this year. He he did get one last year, but he's a Monmouth Roseville kid, so he got the got the pitch here at home. Uh, obviously, with the attendance protocols and policies, there wasn't a, a full house out there for him, and, and not all of his family and friends were able to come watch his home college debut. But uh, he got the win. Uh, Alec Lyle, who had been at, at McMurray and, and transferred here after they closed, got a, a big home run also turned a huge double play to get us out of the third inning uh, with, with the bases loaded when we were down 2-0. Um, and, and then he homered, Seamus Murphy homered, and uh, got 10 runs on the board and got that win. Backed it up in Game 2 with a 4-2 win, more of a pitcher's duel than the than the slugfest that Game 1 was. Uh, but I know Coach Paterni was really happy with the way the team played because they had not played so well in Fulton, Missouri in the doubleheader against Central to start the year with a lot of errors and a lot of walks for the pitching staff. So cleaned up those things now they're on three weeks without games before they're uh, ready to go on the road on uh, April 3rd and then back home on on April 10th and uh, and I and again just like with, with softball he's moving some guys around in these times and finding what works and what doesn't work they're trying to simulate like it's a re- like it's regular season so they're trying to play games if weather cooperates play a, a, a interest squad game on Saturday follow it with one on Sunday take a day off on Monday because that's how the regular season's gonna go this is the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer, and we're visiting with Nate Beliva, the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics. Because of the pandemic, Nate explains that Monmouth has special rules in place this spring for spectators at home events. Yeah, for fans right now, um, it's only open uh, to uh, the, the players get two tickets to give to family members. Um, and then we've got 50 tickets for staff, faculty, and students, uh, which we have at the Huff um, leading up to the event. And then if there's anything left over, like for example, this week for softball and uh, lacrosse, if there's anything that's still available after Friday when the Huff closes uh, for regular business hours, then that stuff will go uh, over to the facility on the day of the game, an hour uh, before the game starts. So for lacrosse, that'll be at, uh, at 11 a.m. on Saturday and for softball at noon and that's it uh, it's not open to the general public not open to visiting fans um, we've got the stream going for most sports um, hopefully we'll have it soon for all um, but women's lacrosse will be on there this Saturday uh, we do have some 
issues to figure out when we have multiple sports at the same time. But uh, we're getting there with that and figuring out ways that we can accommodate uh, all of our, our student athletes and, and, and their, their families that are not here locally um, and, and, and alumni and fans that, that want to watch. So uh, we're getting there slowly but surely. But yeah, that, that, that's the policy is it's very, very limited. Those that are here have to wear masks. They have to social distance, uh, not to interact with members of other houses or, or families to stay apart. Uh, the, the games that are at Zorn, we ask people uh, not to sit in the first two rows of the bleachers. All facilities, we, we ask to not interact with uh, players, coaches, uh, and, and umpires or officials. Uh, leave right when the game is over so that the, the student athletes and the coaches uh, can, can get out of the facility safely as well and not to bring food and drinks to give to uh, the student athletes, even if you are from their family. Uh, please uh, you know, do that, not at, not at the facility. So that's, uh, that's kind of what we're asking, and, and, and those are our rules and, and what, uh, what we're going to enforce for us for the, for the spring semester. In addition to overseeing and producing content for MamaScots.com, Nate also publishes Scott's Scoop. It's a great weekly e-newsletter about Mammoth Athletics. The free e-newsletter is easy to sign up for, and Nate explains how and why to do it. Uh, people can subscribe on, on the website and just click on Scott Scoop there, put their, their, uh, their email in at MamaScots.com, and uh, we're going to get some feature stories, uh, you know, kind of things that, that you might read about on uh, places like Sports Illustrated or ESPN.com or The Athletic. Uh, some feature stories on our players, on our, our student athletes, on our coaches, on those behind the scenes. We'll get some game recaps in there. We'll link to some video. We'll get some pictures. We'll have the upcoming schedule. Uh, a lot of social media stuff. We did a wallpaper Wednesday this week uh, for wallpapers for uh, phones and, and, and other devices. Um, just other other things like that is what we're looking to do and we're going to share all that in Scott Scoop and get some stories out and let people know about all, all the great things that are going on behind the scenes and, and things that go into our student athletes and our coaches and, and their success. That's Mama Sports Information Director Nate Beliva, the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics. When you visit MamaScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related, be sure to check the site's social media directory so that you can follow Mammoth Athletics on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And that's going to be a 30 for this 25th edition of Monmouth College's 1853 podcast of the 2020-2021 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer, the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody. Have a nice day and stay healthy.